And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a great weekend. It is almost here. Election day is tomorrow. Finally. (laughs) We're finally going to know who takes control of Congress. Uh, We're finally going to know what what the next couple years are going to look like, and we can finally talk about something else. (laughs) I'm definitely looking forward to that. It is the calm before the storm. One more day. I'll break it all down for you. I was joined by my good friend, J.J. Leahy, um, friend of the show. He's been on a whole bunch of times, so uh, it's always good talking to him. We break it all down, and I'll let you guys know what you need to know. Um, Also, tomorrow, guys, vote. Please, get out there and vote. It takes 30 seconds. Go vote. Vote Republican. Vote conservative. Vote for small government. Uh, Yeah, do it. No excuse not to vote. I will come beat your ass if you don't vote. How's that? I will find you. I will, I will find you where you sleep and punch you in the face if you don't vote tomorrow. Anyway, all right, before we get to the show, uh, man, this is, cra- is going to be a crazy week for your boy. I mean, if you host a political podcast, uh, you know, election time is insane. So I'm, I'm looking forward to an absolutely insane few days. Um, and then, man, I'm going to try to relax. After, that, after Wednesday, you know, shoot, I'm, I'm taking a couple days off. I'm taking a couple of days off, guys. It's going to be a stressful week. But anyway, all right. Before we get to the news of the day, I want to say hi to our sponsors over at 1776 United. Uh, 1776 United is absolutely fantastic. They are the the best, second to none. They are the best conservative apparel company anywhere in the country. All their stuff is super high quality. I'm wearing some of their stuff right now. It is, it is super soft, super high quality. All their designs are super creative. It is really great stuff. You guys are really going to like this company. Check them out at 1776united.com. That's 1776united.com. Use the promo code GIMMICKS. That is the promo code GIMMICKS for 15% off of your order. I also want to say hi to our sponsors over at Premier Vapor. If you want to quit smoking or if you vape already, which you should, guys, quit smoking. It's bad for you. Vaping is way better. Um, you got to check out Premier Vapor. They have the largest selection of premium e-liquid anywhere in the country. They have any kind of mod, any kind of battery tank, anything you need, they have. If you're in Northwest Ohio, check them out in person. They have physical stores in Holland and Perrysburg, Ohio. Both of the stores, uh, physical stores have a great sale going on uh, right now on e-liquid. Really, really good prices. If you're not in the area, check them out at PremierVaporAndLounge.com. That's PremierVaporAndLounge.com. They'll give you free shipping on all orders over 35 bucks. You can't beat that. Uh, if you don't already, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. We'd really appreciate that. And if you like what you're hearing and want to get involved, uh, hit us up over on Patreon. Download the Patreon app or go to patreon.com slash Podcast. There's cool incentives if you choose to support us monthly over there. All right, without further ado, here is my final midterm uh, analysis podcast, you know, the calm before the storm with J.J. Leahy. Hope you guys enjoy it. All right, guys, I'm joined by J.J. Leahy, a good friend of mine. You guys know him. You love him. Uh, J.J., uh, 
tomorrow is the big day, man, and I have no idea what the hell is going to happen. How are you feeling about tomorrow? Thanks for having me on, Brady. Of course. Uh, I, You know, pretty much everybody acknowledges that nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Right. Uh, the the polling doesn't look great for Republicans, but it also looked bad for Republicans in 2016. We know how that turned out. Um, the uh, 538 gives um, Republicans about a seven in eight chances of keeping the Senate and about a one in eight chance of um, keeping the House. So um, but but that's less important than it sounds because it's roughly the same as me picking any date in history and saying, hey, Brady, what are the odds that this day is a Tuesday? You wouldn't be shocked if it was a Tuesday, but it's also <laughs> right, more right. like it's also more likely that it's not a Tuesday. So yesterday, Nate Silver, who's the he runs 538, who is he is a pretty brilliant election analyst. I mean, his quote mm-hmm. was just hilarious, man. I don't know if you saw this. He said, quote, Democrats could retake the House or not. Both are extremely possible. Unquote. <laughs> so if Nate Silver isn't confident in his own projections, even I think that that really is saying something. Obviously, he was he was way off in 2016, so that that probably plays a factor. But uh, hearing something like that from Nate Silver was kind of eye opening. He's been backpedaling a lot in the last two years, uh, trying to recover from how wrong they were about uh, Trump, and he's he's revised his position on that a few times. Uh, but the the fact of the matter is. Everything was closer in 2016 than anybody knew, and it was close enough, like it is this year, that anything could have happened, and it did. Right, and I I think those are the two major factors. One, that the polling data coming out in the last few days have looked really, really bad for Republicans, and then also the counterweight to that is that state polling was way, way off in 2016. The the national polling was close. It showed Hillary Clinton up three points. She ended up uh, winning the popular vote by about a point and a half. So the, the national polling was only off a point and a half, which is within the margin of error. But right. a lot of the state polls were were way off. The uh, Ohio's uh, polling in 2016 showed a dead heat. Trump won by eight points. I mean, so even yeah. if, if your margin of error is three points, that's five points beyond the margin of error. Same with Michigan. Same with Wisconsin. Wisconsin showed Hillary up like five points and she lost by two points. So it's like, it's, it's, it's crazy. And that could swing things in a huge way. Polls came out today showing that Josh Hawley in uh, Missouri, uh, Braun in Indiana, Heller in Nevada and McSally in Arizona, all down in their races when they were all up uh, last week. So is that true? I mean, it's all within a point or two. So that's within the margin of error. But you know, if that's true, it could look really bad, even on the Senate side for Republicans, if not, who knows? I mean, things are just so up in the air right now. Yeah. Well, you bring up a good point that there was a really, a really large lack of state polling um, in 2016. And we're seeing that again in 2018, but it's not as bad. But I mean, we had almost no data on Wisconsin and Michigan in 2016. Nobody cared about them. Um, and, you know, they just assumed that they were safely Democratic. We're getting better polls this year. Um, but also to, to follow up on your second point, uh, the last week and a half to two weeks has been bad for Republicans. There's been a big spate of bad news, um, which included the, uh, the, the, the bomb threats, which included a bunch of Republican leaders and, and just prominent Republicans in general coming out 
and um, criticizing Trump or the Republican Party right before the election. Um, there's there's just been it seems like every day there's something else that's bad news for the Republicans. Um, and the timing has not been great. Uh, and, and I think that that will end up hurting Republicans by maybe a point or two nationally. Right. And I think uh, obviously Trump has been working hard uh, going to all these battleground states yeah. and doing these rallies, and true, true. drawing huge crowds. Um, and I don't know. You would think that would help. Maybe it's not helping. He is throwing a lot of red meat to the base in a lot of these swing states. I don't know if that's helping or hurting. Do you think uh, I, uh, I, I don't know. I honestly could go either way. I really don't know what to make of it. I really think it will help because um, all the all the news in the last few weeks that has been bad for Republicans, it's not going to change the minds of any swing voters. It's not going to drive up voter enthusiasm on the left, but it, it certainly um, has the potential to depress um, GOP voter turnout. And I think that that uh, Trump actually has the opportunity to reverse that here. Or, or at least um, slow down, uh, you know, some of that tide of negativity. Um, G- GOP voters, um, especially the blue-collar ones, really get disillusioned with their party quickly. Um, and voter enthusiasm among the GOP really often is is really low. Um, and so, this is what Trump does really well: is getting people excited. Um, and especially the people who did turn out to vote for him in 2016, Trump is one of the only people who has the ability to get those people who don't vote and who did vote in 2016 to come show up again in the midterms when historically they would never vote. Right. Yeah, I think that's absolutely correct. And uh, I want to move on to a couple more big picture uh, issues. Uh, but first, I'd I, just one last final closing note on tomorrow's election. Um, I honestly am not going to be surprised no matter what happens, because I could see no. just a, a wide variety of different outcomes. I, you know, I, I predicted this on the show last week, and I know you agree that we both kind of assume that Democrats will narrowly win the House and Republicans will pick up a couple seats in the Senate. But I, I could see the Democrats picking up 40 seats in the House and Republicans not picking up any net seats in the Senate. Or I could see—I could honestly see the Republicans keeping the House and picking up four or five seats in the Senate. Uh, And I say that because basically Republicans need to get the uh, generic ballot to under five points. Right now, or at the end of October, October 31st, um, the generic ballot poll came out, and it showed that— uh, Republicans were underwater about seven points on the generic congressional ballot. Now, at the end of September, that was 15 points. And so it, that's narrowing pretty quick. So if that's narrowed another two points in the last week, then we could be looking at only a five-point difference, which would only give uh, the Democrats a pickup of about 15 seats, and we'd actually keep the House. So, I mean, that could happen or not. I mean, it's I'm not, I, I won't be surprised no matter what happens. I gave my predictions, but who knows? We could be wildly incorrect one way or the other i think that the timing is most beneficial to democrats if the election was a month ago when we were fresh off of the kavanaugh um issues i think that the republicans would have won in a landslide a month later um people have cooled off they um 
the, 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 the enthusiasm has gone away. And I think that the Democrats have certainly lost the huge lead that they had earlier in the year. But um, again, like you said, I wouldn't be surprised by anything, uh, but I would rather be sitting where the Dem- Democrats are um, for, for this election. Right. And uh, just big picture real quick. This should be historically, this should be a blue wave. I mean, all the normal symptoms are there. We have a president two years Mm -hmm. after taking office with an approval rating in the mid-40s, which isn't terrible, but I don't think President Trump's ever going to be, you know, an over 50% president. I just, I don't think uh, he's—I think he's just too—the rhetoric is too, you know, too tough. He's a little too divisive. He's never going to be a Ronald Reagan 59% approval rating kind of president. I just don't see that happening. Um, So you have a president with his approval rating in the mid-40s, two years after taking power. I mean, all the signs are there that, that you know, typically the the out-of-power party would pick up 40 or 50 seats. Um, I think the only right. reason why this is close is because the Democrats are terrible. I mean, I think that, like, this <laughs> yeah. is, it's perfect you stole the timing. It's perfect timing for them to, to win in a landslide, yeah. but they've, you know, openly embraced domestic terrorism. <laughs> they've openly embraced Marxism. I mean, they're really, really terrible at this. Um, and I, they're squandering, even if they do pick up the House, they're still squandering a huge opportunity to pick up way more seats because they're just so bad. We should be seeing Tea Party 2.0. Right. And instead, uh, we are getting the, the the Democrats have this handed them to them on a silver platter. Uh, the you know Republicans have been um, pretty disappointing um, in the last few years years, you know, controlling all three branches of government and still can't even repeal Obamacare. Uh, you know, GOP uh, voter enthusiasm uh, is, if, if it weren't for Trump, GOP voter enthusiasm should be at an all-time low right now. And the truth is the Democrats are terrible at everything they do. Right. <laughs> and all you have to do is, you know, actually, um, so the, the Packers played the Patriots last night and Aaron Rodgers had a comment about the Patriots. I'm sorry, not Aaron Rodgers. Mike McCarthy, head coach, said, um, this is a team that we have to beat. They're not going to beat themselves. And and when he said that, I immediately thought about the Democrats. And I thought, <laughs> lately, the Democrats will beat themselves. And you just have to make sure that you don't beat yourself worse than they do. Uh, because you can always count on them to screw up lately. Right. Yeah, it, it is amazing. I mean, thank God that they're so bad at politics, or we really would be looking at losing both houses of Congress. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. It is amazing. The the own goals. They're they're constantly scoring on themselves. Uh, one more point before I let you go is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. I just don't believe that people vote based on the economy anymore. Like the old Clinton era adage, you know, it's the economy, stupid. Right. I, I just don't. I'm not seeing that because. On the flip side of, of how this should be a, a blue wave for the Democrats, if people still voted based on the economy, it would be a red wave for Republicans because the economy is stronger than it's been since the late 60s. Unemployment, we're at full employment. There's, I mean, there's 7 million open jobs and only 6 million unemployed people. So, I mean, it's GDP's through the roof. The stock market has gained 30% in the last two years. I mean, it's it's insane. If you look at 1984, the last time an economy was was... It wasn't even quite this good, but some, you know, comparable. Ronald Reagan won in a landslide, you know, and it was right. and it was a similar situation. Reagan had a great economy that he had built, 
and Walter Ron- Mondale, the Democrat, was running on raising taxes. Now, Republicans have a great economy that they built. The Democrats are openly campaigning Again. on raising taxes. Reagan yes. won 49 states. Walter Ron- Mondale won his home state of, I believe, Wisconsin, and Reagan won the other 49. So, because uh, people voted based on well, ben, economics, I just I'm not seeing it anymore. Ben Shapiro had a great point on on I think Thursday. Uh, he, he said that um, the, a bad economy will sink you every time, but a good economy is not necessarily going to save you. Um, and you know, as, as he elaborated on that, and I agree with this, um, the Democrats can't hit Trump over the economy, um, but. But Trump can't really sail on the economy either because he should be voters only care about but voters only care about bad things. They only care about fixing things that are bad. They don't care about, okay, here's the successes we have. Um, So it's Trump has certainly, um, you know, patched up a a huge um, wound that could be used against him if the economy were bad. Uh, but but voters don't care about good news. They only care about, you know, the um, fear and uh, here's the bad things that are going to happen. And we see that every election. What does that say about just the state of the American electorate, though? I mean, I think that's pretty pathetic. I, I mean, don't I, I don't think that there are enough bad things you could say about the state of the American electorate. Right. Um, I, I, I think that you could. Could um, pontificate on that till you're blue in the face, and um, there's not much good to be said about it. Right. I, I I think people, you know, you brought up Ben Shapiro, you know, his whole facts don't care about your feelings. I just don't think people vote based on facts anymore. I think it's all feelings. It's all rhetoric, well, one way or the other. Like it's you know you're voting for or against candidates based on rhetoric, not based on their platform, their policies, their record, nothing. I mean, I I, I agree with you, but I'm not sure that it's ever been different than that. I it's certainly true right now but i feel like it's also been true throughout most of history maybe i mean i looking at that 1984 race the whole you know running on raising taxes sank walter mondale and he wasn't he was was a terrible candidate he wasn't going to win anyway but he wouldn't have lost 49 states but the american electorate was smart enough to say wow this guy wants to take more of my money uh get out of here you know what I mean? And now, like, the Democrats, every single Democrat is running on raising your taxes. <laughs> and a lot of them are going to win, which is insane. I mean, that's that that would have been unbelievable even 10 years ago. I guess I guess the, the question that I want to put some brain power toward is how do you solve it? Um, you know, there, there's there's a lot of things that are wrong um, with with the the political temperature in the country and I, I, I don't know that anybody has any answers on how to fix it. Um, you know, so there, there's, yeah, you can, you can make criticisms of it all day long. And, um, you know, and, and until people start actually preaching some peace, which I don't think they're going to do because peace doesn't win you elections, um, right. you know, based on what we're talking about right now, I don't, I don't know what the solution is. Well, my solution, if I were emperor of the United States, would be to make it way harder for people to vote. I think we have far too many people voting. I think if you're completely uneducated, <laughs> like if you're a completely uneducated voter, uh, if you have no idea who the candidates are, if you don't know who the, what their platforms are, if you don't know the issues, why should you be able to vote away my freedom? I mean, I think we need a hell of a lot less people voting, not more. Well, you and I had a conversation really recently where um, I proposed that the, the, the less important the government is in our lives, um, 
that that would tone down um, the political temperature in the country because right. if the president is less, is less powerful, I'm not going to be as concerned if we have a, a bad president. Right. So I, I think that I think that the the small government um, conservative agenda uh, probably is our our best pathway forward to peace. Uh, I, I think that the alternative um, on either side of the aisle uh, of bigger government, no matter what the policies are, I think it's going to continue to heat up the the rhetoric in the country. And and just as an example, look at the Supreme Court. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about how things have been different ever since Robert Bork, and I think that's absolutely true. And the reason is be, the reason it is true is because the Supreme Court is too important in our lives, and it shouldn't be. The right. Supreme Court should not be a big deal in the country. Right. At this point, it's basically uh, a super legislature that, you know, we wait for them to come yeah. out of their chambers like they're the our overlords to tell us what we can or can't do <laughs> with, our, with our lives, which was not the founding fathers' uh, idea for for the Supreme Court. Obviously, um, I know I got to let you go in a minute. Um, Oh, by the way, I, I'd be remiss if I, if I didn't bring up the No Gimmicks podcast, Fantasy Football League, um, with which your boy is just still dominating. I mean, I I'm nine and zero. I don't even <laughs> think you guys are. I don't even know if you guys are trying at this point, but man, it's getting it's getting ugly. I I tried hard this week and it was embarrassing. This has been by far my my worst loss of the entire season, um, and that included two weeks ago when almost every single one of my players underperformed. Uh, this week I had some of that plus some boneheaded decision-making. So I, I sunk myself hard this week. Well, I don't think you could have foreseen some random no-name tight end for San Francisco that you traded away catching like nine touchdown passes. Uh, and shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, that, you can't blame it's... yourself for that one. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a bad week though. I, I woke up depressed this morning and said, all right, enough football. I need to focus on politics again because, <laughs> because you know, that's somehow more cheerful. <laughs> it's a much cheerier subject. So yeah, I think, uh, w- we can call it a day here. There's really nothing more to say. We've been talking polling data for months. We've been talking about these midterms. We're gonna have to wait and see. And honestly, by the way, guys, uh, I don't know if you agree with this JJ, but I don't think we're going to know the results of a lot of these races, especially house races until Wednesday. We might not. Oh know. Lord. I didn't even, we might not that. even know. I mean, a lot of these races are going to come down to, I mean, especially the the congressional races might come down to five, six hundred, a thousand votes. You know what I mean? They're going to be very, very close, especially on the West Coast. Look, here, here's the only prediction that I can make about um, the midterms this year that is guaranteed 100 percent accuracy. And that is no matter what drinking game you play, you will be hammered um, watching these these uh, results come in. I am planning on it. I am absolutely planning <laughs> on that. And I can say with 100% certainty that the Democrats will win between one and 435 House seats. So, um, <laughs> you know, yeah. All right. Bang so, on the money there, Brady, as usual. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. And I'm actually looking forward to getting past this election and so we can kind of move on to real punditry, not just watching polls constantly. But uh, Amen. that's it. Thank you. Everybody follow JJ on Twitter at Mild Moderate. That's a, it's a great Twitter handle, and he's very entertaining on there. So check him out. Um, I'm trying to convince this guy to start his own podcast as well. So maybe be on the lookout for that. I am Brady Leonard. I will be back uh, on Wednesday with a brand new Congress. No gimmicks. Thank you.